0: welcome this is eig milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host jill economo on news talk 1130 wisn
1: good morning everyone and thank you for joining us today for milwaukee's philanthropic community where we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things and making a big impact in our community i'm your host jill economo and i'm the director of community outreach at ellen becker investment group We all know how important staying healthy is, not only around the holidays, not only when we're in a particular season of illness, but all year round. We should also understand, and we should also make sure that our young, impressionable kids understand that being healthy is not only about what we see on the outside. It's not about your weight. It's not about your eating habits or your exercise regimen it goes way beyond that you also want to be healthy on the inside a healthy mind body spirit kind of idea today we're going to talk to two ladies who spend some of their time as fitness trainers but we're going to dive deeper into that passion they have for being healthy and whole from a unique perspective And then we're going to hear from a soccer mom from the Burbs who also turned her passion and purpose into a lifetime goal of changing and reaching lives for the better. My first two guests today are Julie Palbicki and Christelle Vermeulen. Both are fitness trainers for Revelation Wellness, which is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to educating and inspiring people to live healthy and whole lives so they can love others well.
0: Welcome to the show today, ladies. Thank you, Jill, for having us. And thank you uh, to the Alan Becker Investment Group. You have such a wonderful, unique opportunity to reach out to the community and connect people with each other. So we really appreciate the, the opportunity.
1: You are certainly welcome. Julie, let's, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with Revelation
2: Wellness. Thank you, Jill. And like like Christelle said, thanks for having us on. Um, So my name is Julie Palbicki. I am a wife of almost 19 years. I am a mom to two boys who are um, 10 and 15. I've been a nurse for almost 20 years. So I've been in the health industry, you could say, for a really long time. But one of my absolute favorite get-tos, and the reason that we're here today, is being a certified Revelation Wellness instructor. And so um, if we talk about... My personal journey with health and wellness, it looks a lot like probably many people's stories do, cycles of obsession and neglect throughout kind of my adult years. So I can follow a program or a fitness program or a food journey really well into a T, but when you get to the end of your goal, you get to your goal weight or you get to your, you know, you finish a 21 day program of this or that. Um, There's still always just that emptiness that's there, that you reached a goal, but you still just feel like, okay, now what? Now what's the next thing? And maybe then you slide back into kind of that neglect of your body of like, okay, let's just put this on the shelf for a while. And then you pick it up again. So it's kind of this cycle of obsession and neglect. And I think part of the reason that that happens is number one, you're making yourself the point. And number two, a lot of it is done on your own. And so about 5 years ago or so I was introduced to Revelation Wellness as a ministry and I had just kind of started following them and they hold challenges throughout months they have a fitness TV subscription program and I followed them for a while and just kind of saw that their instructors while fitness and health were important it wasn't the point because it's a God first God only ministry so it really focuses on your on your relationship with God which is gonna make you ultimately healthy as a whole person. And so I started following them and kind of got this nudge to, hey, I could maybe go through instructor training to bring this freedom that I've found to my community. There's a freedom in giving it all up to God and giving your health and your wellness up to him and realizing that you're, you're not the focus and you're not the point. And when you can get to that point, I think everything else falls into place. And, and so, I love
1: how you said that you get to that. This was one of your get yes, tos. You get yes, to do this, definitely. and
2: it's it's an interesting uh, perspective. I think when we look at moving our bodies as a get to, rather than a have to, our um, our whole focus changes. That hey, my body is good today. It might not move like it did five years ago, and in five years it might look different. But it's still a get- it's still something I get to do. And I get to um, just enjoy where I am now. So going through training, let us bring Revelation Wellness to our community. Well,
1: Christelle, you and your husband, Chris, have been in the U.S. for 17 years now, immigrating from South Africa. Tell us a bit about yourself and how you became involved in Revelation Wellness. From what I understand, you became involved because of Julie, right?
0: Thanks, Joe. Uh, yes, I actually, uh, we moved here. 17 years ago and I have kids in the same school that's how Julie and I got to know each other we had our kids um, in the same school and I just noticed with her a beautiful change it was it it's something that was not really tangible it was not like she was all of a sudden you know in good shape or that she was you know losing weight or there was just this beautiful freedom around her it was almost like um, she has found uh, a true confidence and a joy in who she was and how she moved and how she cared for other people. And that really intrigued me. And so, you know, I can just see something is different. And so she started sharing with me uh, Revelation Wellness uh, as a, the ministry and you know, what she's found and how she's considering going through training. And so much like what she said about the, the neglect and the obsession uh, for me, I have always been. I always tell people, uh, I always considered myself as this big head. You know, I am kind of a nerdy person. I love to read. I'm I'm not athletic at all. I'm very clumsy. I'm the person who would, in any kind of situation, go left when everybody is going right. <laughs> um, so just really not your typical, you know, fitness person. And um, so I've always felt very intimidated by moving and very awkward there's just no other way to say it so um I have you know had this struggle of okay well I'm a whole person and this is the vehicle that I am here with on earth to serve other people but um, if you have such if you live only as a head you're not a whole person you live almost detached from the rest of yourself and so as I continued this journey and saw Julie and kind of looked into Revelation Wellness, I um, decided to, you know, go with her. We went to the training um, and it has been a beautiful um, experience. I think the freedom I have found to see that there isn't just one way of moving. um, There is not just one way of being healthy. It is really about being whole and finding that joy. You know, if you think about little kids, They don't worry about what outfit they're running around in outside. They just play. They just move. They they just have so much joy um, in movement. And somehow, when we get older, that changes to competition, when we start playing team sports, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I think a lot of people who are not pro athletes or people who like to compete, that kind of separates the, you know the love for movement from those who do it because they are really good at it or think this is how it should look like. And so what Revelation Wellness has done for me is really bring back that joy of movement like little kids and um, appreciating the fact that I don't have to look and move the way that other people do uh, and that there is a place uh, to encourage and grow as a community. So um, that's kind of my journey and how I got here. And I think you're probably going to connect with a number of people, Christelle, because,
1: you know, if you think about the diverse population that you serve, there's people coming from all different backgrounds, athletes, not athletes, people that love to work out, people that don't love to work out. And so, you know, you talk about this whole person approach. If you can expand on that and tell us like, what a Revelation Wellness class would look like, what someone could expect when they walk into your classroom for the first time.
2: So I think um, what you're going to see is you're always going to see God first. That's definitely um, in any ministry that is Revelation Wellness, you're going to find that we're going to bring a devotion or some kind of word, a Bible verse, something that just will speak to the class to start out with. And then you're not going to have any gimmicks. So you're not going to come to our class and, you know, we're not going to give you a shake that's going to help you lose 10 pounds or 21 days to, you know, abs that you're going to love. So you're going to find no gimmicks. We're going to be really real with you and um, freedom living. You're going to get uh, rid of that cycle of obsession and neglect and realize as a whole person, you can live healthy and whole. So as I started out at the beginning saying that it's not just about what goes
1: in our mouth, it's not just about the food we ate, it's certainly part of it, but you are concentrating on that whole person approach, what's on the inside, as well as on the outside, what's on the inside is what people will, that that's what will come out, it'll spill out and people will see that, you know, you've been saying it's, it's not only about that, uh, that determines a healthy and whole person, but many people think it is. And they'll go to those extremes, like a a, a shake or you know losing ten pounds in a month type of thing, to be sure that they're they're getting their bodies to how they want it to be. Uh, and that's not what this is all about. But I'm curious if you can guess how much money the American people spend on weight loss products in an average year. I think you'll be surprised, to say the least. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back to find out the answer to that question and so much more. We'll be right back.
0: Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo on News Talk 1130
1: WISN. Welcome back everyone. I'm your host, Jill Economo. And I'm talking today with Julie Pelbicki and Christelle Vermeulen, who are fitness trainers from Revelation Wellness in Lake Country. So before the break, I asked how much money the American people spend on weight loss products in an average year. Well, an estimated 45 million Americans go on a diet each year. 45 million commit to a diet each year. And they spend a whopping 33 billion. That's billion with a B each year on weight loss products. Yet nearly two thirds of Americans are still overweight. So I would say that the average American is not getting a good return on that particular investment. What would you say, Christelle, to someone who's listening to this and and would like to make a change? But they've tried many different programs and they still feel like they haven't made lasting changes or maybe they just don't know where to begin because they feel so overwhelmed.
0: I think one of the things that Julie referred to in her segment was kind of going back and forth between neglecting and obsessing. The moment we make um, fitness the only focus and instead of being a whole person approach, we kind of want to worship one thing and our our focus and our attention go to that one specific thing. And then we put all the steaks and all the eggs basically in one basket and and life happens. We go through seasons. We go um, through as moms, you know, you maybe go through a pregnancy, your body changes or you're growing older. Um, and you can do things a little different than, you know, than previously. So we have this unrealistic expectation sometimes of we have to hold on to this specific pace. And and if we fail, it's an all or nothing thing. If I fail in that, then I quit. Or it's sometimes we have people on the other extreme where um, they are very dedicated, but there's also a lack because focus on just this one thing, on just my body and how I look and what I wear is also just a part of who you are. Um, the biggest sadness to me is that people cannot see the beauty that was created in them and the fact that our bodies are really just a vehicle to serve the people around us. So for somebody who's been so beaten down, um, I've been there. I have been through those cycles of um, you know, being comfortable with who I am and not being comfortable with how I look or feel or whatever. But the the fact is that we are more than just a body. And so our classes really focuses on joining people together and making it um, a community of feeling comfortable and encouraging. I think that is a key thing for me. It's very hard for me to stay committed to something if I didn't have a community of people. And that's why I appreciate Julie so much, because um, to her, it's never just about... The fitness. She is somebody who encourages me in my journey. So that is what I would say is don't go at this always alone. We are so, um, especially in this time, you know, in, in our world, we are pressing to individualism so much, but sometimes we just need someone to come alongside us and cheer us on.
1: Very true, and I really like that concept of the inviting culture that you talk about that that you guys aim to create. Julie, you seem to be so passionate about the fact that your fitness classes are not just for a a feel good workout, but to create this sense of community, right?
2: Yeah, I would say definitely. That's one thing that I don't know that I expected when we came out of training to to gather this community together. But one of the the best things about our classes is that anyone is welcome. We've had You know, five year olds with their moms come up to people in their 60s and older. And I think anyone that walks into one of our classes is going to feel like they belong there. We like to say, don't look to the left or the right unless it's to encourage that person next to you. And I think that's really um, the difference in a revelation wellness class. We're not looking to each other to compare my body or my moves to her. I'm looking at her to encourage her and say, keep going, you've got this. And she looks back at me. And she says that same thing back to me. And it's just, it just um, develops a sense of community that, you know, if we're just meeting every once in a while to talk, you know, you get to know somebody, but when you are sweating together, maybe you're, you're dancing and you're, you're feeling uncomfortable, but then the person next to you is feeling uncomfortable too. It just creates just this deeper community that we, we just love so much.
1: And I, I love knowing that I can go work out with a friend and that they encourage me and that they're not judging me. And I think that's this environment that you create and that you talk about. And that's that's so wonderful. Because again, it's not about what we look like, you know, it's what's inside that really matters. Um, where can our listeners learn more about Revelation Wellness as a whole? And then how can they get more information on the classes that you guys offer in particular in Lake Country?
0: So the best way to reach Julie and I um, is on our Facebook page at Revelation Wellness Lake Country. You can also email us at rwlakecountry@gmail.com, at um, And then there is a lot of resources with links um, on our Facebook page that will give you more information about where our classes are, um, on what days. And I also want to speak out to this is not meant for a specific, typical, what people envision uh, fitness class. This is really for anybody. Um, like Julie said, if you have a body and you can move, and then you are welcome. It is not just for the super athlete. So if you feel, no, I will not even, you know, put on my tennis shoes for anything. Trust me, when I went into instructor training, I did not own a pair of leggings to jump around in. So you will belong, and you will have fun, and you will find a sense of community and maybe that taste of freedom to have you jump around like that little person you once were because you belong.
1: And now isn't Revelation Wellness a national organization? So people listening, I mean, our podcasts go all over after the radio show interview airs, it becomes a podcast and it's available on demand. So it has the potential to go all over. So anybody listening from wherever you are, they can plug into Revelation Wellness and they're current
2: uh or locations that may be close to them where they can plug in there are actually you, you go to revelationwellness.org that is the main ministry website and we're actually global there are instructors oh. all over the world we just we just trained 700 new instructors um just came through training so we really are growing as a ministry globally so if you you can go to the website and you can find locations for classes that might be near you or instructors that might be near you With regard to COVID,
1: you guys have uh, a particular protocol that you show or that's listed on your Facebook page, right? So people can just go there. You guys make sure that you wear masks and people coming in wear masks. So if you're concerned about that, listeners, you can just go to their Facebook page and there is a COVID protocol that you can learn more about. So... Again, I always say this, there's just never enough time to learn everything that we want to know about these nonprofit organizations. And we're just here to plant a little mustard seed that will hopefully grow. People will become curious about what you have to offer and how you're making a difference. How we all know, again, that our health is important at any time of our lives, no matter where we are. Uh, How would you encourage our listeners today to take definite action steps not only towards better health, but towards a healthy mind, body, spirit, whole person type approach?
0: I think the best place to start is just to start. Um, throw away all the the past trial and error, um, see that as part of the journey. There's never a better time to begin to just start somewhere, even if it's a small change, um, and connect with people who are like-minded, who enjoy um, coming together, encouraging. I think that makes such a big difference. And if you look yourself in the mirror, um, do it with a kindness. Um, The world can be so harsh. Social media can be so harsh. It breaks my heart to see people um, being unable to recognize the beauty that is in there because they have decided to limit themselves to what a social media image is supposed to look like. So yeah, that is what I would say is um, take a moment and see um, that you are more than just a shell and that there is so much you can give, but that it is this shell that you were given that you are um, serving the community with.
1: Awesome. Very well said, Christelle. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to both of you, Julie and Christelle, for joining me today to talk about why you guys are so passionate about helping people develop and or reclaim a healthy lifestyle, but more importantly, to look at it from a whole person perspective, and educating people about all the wonderful things that they need to know, right? Um, and the passion that you use to make an impact in the community. So, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Jill. You're welcome. Stay tuned for another great, inspiring story of a Brookfield soccer mom who turned her passion for helping people and giving back into a great nonprofit that's making an impact for people in areas that are actually not too far from where Christelle is from. Learn more about that when we return.
0: You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: My guest is Diane Studer, Executive Director of Souls for Jesus. Welcome to the show, Diane.
3: Hello, Jill. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
1: We're happy to have you. Karen Becker actually met someone on your board at a charity event a while ago and she suggested that I meet with you to see how we might work together in some capacity. So I came out to your facility in Brown Deer for a tour and an info sesh. And I was really impressed. Wow. What a system you have set up there. So give us some scoop here on why a Brook, uh, a Brookfield soccer mom made a career change and what led you to start souls for Jesus
3: sure sure that, that that's a great question in 2009 when um, at that time i'd been working for an investment firm for 10 years our kids were five and seven and i just went on a mission trip with my church to ethiopia and had no idea how life-changing that would be it was on that trip that um, we saw the tremendous need for shoes of course um, but that wasn't the only reason i responded it was on that trip um, the last day we we're in a village Ministering to needy kids and the Lord really gave me a, a vision and a calling like I'd never received before to start this ministry. He gave me the name Souls for Jesus along with the verse from Matthew as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. And mm-hmm. the strategy was to share shoes as a tool in sharing the love of Christ. So that's really how it started. And immediately I came back, shared it with my husband, and it he agreed that yeah, this is something you have to do. So we established the website. And by January of 2010, um, we were up and running website receiving shoes. We had received our five hundred one c three from the state of Wisconsin, and we were up and running. Wow! And you you think if everything falls in place that easily, right? That it was probably meant to happen. Absolutely, you know, I just done it. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's wonderful. And and uh, a missions trip. Uh, that's on my bucket list. I want to take a missions mm-hmm. trip. And so I had mentioned to you before that uh, I might be joining you on one of your trips. Let to, me know to when Africa. you're ready. <laughs> so, can you share an example of how shoes? have impacted someone's life. Yeah. Explain, because so, you had you had shared with me yes. what you actually do when you're there. And yes. it really is, it's fantastic. So share with our audience uh, what you actually do when yeah. you're there. Yeah, so
3: we work with local partners where they know where the need is. And when we do a shoe distribution in these villages, I mean, people here can hardly understand what a big deal a pair of shoes is. People will literally walk for hours when they find out that there's going to be free shoes for themselves and their kids. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, things we think of that, yeah, protects their feet from diseases. But more than that, it provides opportunity. Even in these poor villages, kids can't go to school without a uniform. And the most difficult, costly part of that uniform is a pair of shoes. And for adults, it creates, you know, jobs for them. And so it really is a big deal. So when you ask for examples, there's so many, but two come to mind. Um, When we start a distribution, the ones that we call out of the crowd first are the orphans and the widows. And these women are so precious. And there's a woman named Anna, 70 years old, that I met in Mozambique. And as I began to wash her feet, tears just were streaming down her face. And she began to just bow passionately, and she was speaking quickly. And thankfully, we have interpreters there so I could learn her story. And, And she was sharing with me that she still works in the fields barefoot every day. And that day she was receiving her first pair of shoes and she was saying how hot the ground is. And, and, but you know, Anna, she was not a bitter woman. I'll never forget her words when she said only a fool would say God doesn't exist. He's remembered me in my old age. And she was so grateful for those shoes and the gospel booklet that we gave her. And that, that was just an incredible day. I'll never forget meeting Anna. How
1: can you not just... uh cry yeah. you know how can your tears not just puddle yeah you know when yeah. you're when you're uh, working with someone or or just uh, helping somebody in that capacity i mean i'm a crier yeah. anyway yeah. but to see
3: somebody else it crying is, you know, i would just be a puddle of there tears is. myself there's times that we are washing through our tears as well and there's something extremely powerful about yeah. washing feet and before we start a shoe distribution we always share with the people why we do this. It's not just because your feet are dirty, um, but this is what Jesus did for his best friends before he yeah. went to the cross to show them love. And it's really just a powerful exchange to wash someone's feet and to show them love. And then you obviously
1: um, get to share the gospel. Then exactly. For, you know, it's yep. an opportunity yep. for you
2: there. And
3: that's really why Souls for Jesus exists. It's a powerful tool to be able to give someone shoes, but to be able to wash their feet and tell them that there is a God who loves you. We prayed where to go today and he led us to your village because he's not forgotten you. He loves you. And, and that's just a really powerful message where we see God doing incredible things. We're villages that for generations have been um, you know, committed to witchcraft and, and just false hope to turn their lives to Christ and to find hope and meaning for life. Um, that's what keeps me going every day.
1: I imagine. Now you yeah. said there were two stories. What's the yeah, other story? Yeah, so the other one, of course, is kids.
3: When it began, I really, it was the orphan, the little kids that just tugged in my heart. And in fact, we wondered if it would be a ministry just for kids, but going back and seeing the great need, we do all sizes, but yeah, there are two kids I'll never forget. It was one of my first trips and, um, really realizing what a big deal these shoes were. So there was two sisters who took turns going to school every other day. They shared one pair of shoes. And again, the uniform requires you can't come to school without shoes. So they took turns every other day. And to be able to give these two girls each a brand new pair of shoes of their own, I mean, we were all just weeping. It just was so powerful because it was one of those first moments that I realized – this is a big deal on many levels. Yeah,
1: you're, you're impacting in such a powerful way. How many times do you guys actually go to Africa then?
3: Yeah, so every six weeks, a shipment is leaving our warehouse right out of Milwaukee. That's what's so exciting is that we are based right here in Milwaukee. I mean, we have up to like 18 state reps across the U.S., but we are based right here in Milwaukee. So every six weeks, 8,000 pairs of shoes are going out. So to date, we've sent over 400,000 pairs of shoes. Wow. And then once a year, we'll bring a team um, as well where people can sign up to, you know, raise their own funds and join us on
1: a trip. Yeah, I've been to your facility, as I said before. Uh, The director of of marketing, Wendy Bitter, and I came out to your facility and we were able to get a a tour and it really is amazing to just go out in the warehouse and just see these large palettes really, right? right? Of of shoes and the different sizes and, uh, and how something as simple as giving a pair of shoes can have such an impact. How fulfilling is that? I mean, what, what do you think is the most fulfilling part of this whole mission for you?
3: Yeah, for me, it really is when people find hope in Christ. Mm. It's like you were seeing in black and white and suddenly they see in color. It's like the lights come on, there's hope, there's meaning. I mean, do they still have hardships? Yes. But to live this life with Jesus just adds such meaning. So that is what, yes, I'm passionate about the shoes and I'm grateful that it prevents diseases. All those things are very real, but ultimately it's the soul that lives on. So just to see the impact that people are coming to know Um, Jesus is savior. That is what's the most fulfilling to me. Um, honestly, when this all began, I was not looking for a life change. I was very content with my life, working at the firm. They had me networked from home. I remember meeting with my boss when I had to quit to start this, And he said, you're you're crazy. You have the best. I said, I know, but I know that this is a calling. You're crazy for a mission. Yeah, Yeah, well, I mean, he understood what I was doing, but he said, can't you do both? Because I really had the perfect, they had networked me from home. They had done everything to keep me. And I was so grateful to have that job. Um, So he thought that I could do both. But I knew that this is a calling. That's the only reason I've picked this up is I want to be faithful to what he's called me to do. But he has blessed it tremendously. And that's fulfilling. We just came back with a team um, from a trip to Zambia and just to see um, what God did on those trips. I mean, to be in a village on a Saturday and to see so many people receive Christ, that when we hear a testimony from that village pastor saying my church was full to overflow Um just to see the impact, how this is coming and helping the people that are pastors and missionaries there. Um, that I just come home so fulfilled. That's that's awesome. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. something that I would love to be love to be a part
1: Mm -hmm. of. And so you're impacting um not only children uh but adults and families to give them to give them hope. That's fantastic. Well, stay tuned to find out how many orphaned and barefooted kids there are in Africa and what you can do to help. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Becker Investment Group. And I am talking with Diane Studer from Souls for Jesus. So Diane, just how many orphaned and barefooted kids are there in Africa?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Just in Sub-Saharan Africa alone, there are over 20 million orphans, and I mean that's just incredible to think about. And most of our, when I say Sub-Saharan Africa, most of our focus and our shipments are there because we can get our shipments in. Um, we have shipped above that that border as well. Um, we just always have to make sure that we're able to get the get get the shipments in and such. And you know, when we talk about Africa, I know the need for shoes is so great, like across the whole world, but When the Lord downloaded the vision and the strategy, it was so specific for Africa. And as I've researched this out, there are a lot of different orgs that do shoes in different places, but you know, no one's going to Africa because it is extremely costly and difficult to get it in. So I know that's why he's called us and our focus to be um, in Africa.
1: And dangerous, I'm sure too, right? I mean, you said, uh, you told me once before that you have um, partners, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, over there that you that you work with that kind of helps Absolutely. you determine where you should go.
3: Yes. Yeah. And even to get a shipment in, if we didn't have partners on the ground working with government, receiving our shipments, it, we wouldn't have integrity to the work that we're doing. It's a key piece. And so we're grateful for those partners. They have to show us paperwork from their government that we won't be taxed, that they will allow our shipment in. We explain to them where they're going, people of need, they won't be sold, black market, all those types of things before a shipment leaves our warehouse. That all needs to happen when you're doing ministry in Africa. Mm. Mm-hmm. And didn't you say
1: that, that um, your very first trip was a little bit of a challenge you know, we want to be real with people and say that, you know, there, there are challenges out there that go along with this. And I just think it's interesting to, to hear what happened initially and how you could have just set it aside and said, okay, Lord, I I think I probably misheard you, but you didn't. So tell us, tell us that story.
3: No, it's a great point. Anytime that you start an organization, I mean, there are bumps in the road for sure. And our first shipment to Ethiopia I mean, to be honest, we never got it back. We sent it there, and to this day, I don't know where it is, but we learned through that the key piece of having partners on the ground, and you're absolutely right. I remember going to God and saying, you know, I did it. I tried to do what you asked me to do, and it didn't work, and to wash my hands of it. And as clear as anything, um, you have those key pivotal moments that you just know that you know he's speaking. He said, um, you know, get back up from your pity party, and Mm -hmm. listen to the strategy that i'm giving you and he's given us a plan that's worked and we've i mean every ship over 400,000 pairs we've gotten them all to their destination what a story on overcoming
1: a challenge right absolutely i I think
3: that's great and it's great to to share that with people you know to be real and say you know there
1: are challenges it's not all you know it's not an all uh, an easy road every time so um so Speaking of the shoes specifically, what what kinds of shoes do you
3: accept, and then who donates them? How do you get them? Yeah, so we accept all kinds of shoes and all sizes. Now they don't all go to Africa, but we have so many partner connections that we find a good place for every shoe that we are, that's donated to us. We really take that seriously, um, and they're donated from across the United States. Like I said, we have state reps in about eighteen different states, and it's amazing how people will find the website through social media or through word of mouth. And I mean, our first few months, we were getting shipments from California, from Pennsylvania, from Georgia. And I remember just looking at our team going, like being baffled. I mean, the power of just the internet and social media, the shoes come from all over. Um, A lot from Milwaukee, too. But um, yeah, all kinds from all over. If you build it, they yeah. will come. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so you true. If make an
1: arrangement for to yeah. get them there, yeah. uh, you know it, yeah. they'll they'll the shoes will come, and yeah. that's wonderful that they come yeah. from. And all when you over. say that,
3: it just makes me think, man, that I did not make any of this happen. I mean, when you're involved in something that God is serious about that he, I mean, I'm just trying to, he is so steering this bus and we're just trying to be faithful stewards of what he's put before us. But it's amazing what, what he can do if you just say yes and just follow his lead. Absolutely. Yeah. Great point. Um, so can my child
1: do a shoe drive in their public school? Um, if if the community wants to get involved we always like to share the all the the different ways that the community can get involved the workplaces um schools can you elaborate on that a little bit
3: i'm so grateful that my answer to that is yes um of course we cannot post signs that say souls for jesus in the public schools and it may not be the right fit for the workplace right. yeah, yeah. but um we have signage that says you know shoes for Africa, donate your shoes. That's the focus of it. Um, because we wanted kids were coming to us saying we want to do shoe drives in our schools. You know, businesses were saying this is corporate America, but we want to do a shoe drive. So yes, we only have one website. We only have one name, but we do have collection boxes and posters with signage that work in public schools. So it's so exciting to see kids i mean it's amazing i feel like almost every school in wisconsin has done a shoe drive because we found a way to do that and people love giving back and shoes are an easy thing yeah. so we've seen a huge response from the community
1: and you know after we met i went home and said to all my kids let's go through our closets oh, <laughs> and i'm kind of embarrassed to say we had like two
3: yeah, we do too. two
1: 30 gallon trash bags filled with shoes some that maybe have just been worn a few times sure i mean that's that's really um it's really sure. kind of sad that, that they sit there, but what yeah. a place it's nice knowing that they have a place that they can Absolutely. go. Um, so what, what would you say are your greatest needs at this point? And what are some other ways that, that people can, can get involved? We, you had mentioned that they can have a shoe drive in their school. Sure. Um, they can do a shoe drive in their workplace, but what are some of your other needs and mm-hmm. what are some other ways that people can help?
3: Sure. Yeah, anytime that you're collecting an item, it can get tricky because, you know, we obviously we need shoes. And so often people will bring you two bags of shoes and they feel like they helped. And yes, they did help. But we also do need, of course, the funding, just like every other org, but to send those shoes. And I mean, gratefully, even as I say that God is so providing, we have never had to stop a shipment because we didn't have the funds to send it. But that's a piece sometimes that people do forget, like, you know, don't just bring that. We also have a need. But a, a great thing is we have offered like a dollar chance. Challenge. We don't make it mandatory. But when someone's doing a shoe drive, we're like, hey, can you just ask people to, if they can donate a dollar prepared just to help them, you know, well, get that's to a Africa. Good idea. Yeah, so that's yeah. a lot of people that have bid on that. And again, it's just an opportunity. Some people say, yeah, I get that. I'm happy to do that. And some people don't, and either way is okay, but just communicating that that also is a need. And then volunteers in our warehouse. I mean, we have these events that are called SOS events, and that stands for SORT and Organize Shoes. And the nice thing is they are only two-hour events where we have so many sports teams, um, work groups, really anybody. Whatever group you're a part of, you can sign up for your own date, or you can just come, two of you you know, you and a friend and sign up with another group. But those are fun ways to volunteer and get involved. Um, we've seen people do like uh, bake sales, rummage sales to raise funds. Anything is a great idea. And um, we also have an annual luncheon. And we'll have about 600 people gather for a luncheon. We do a fun fashion show and Uh, silent auction. So those are great items too. Sometimes people like to go and purchase an item for that silent auction and really reach out to us. If you have a gifting or something you're excited about, I'm sure we can find a way to plug you in. You had mentioned before, people don't really realize the the
1: cost to shipping everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you give us an idea on what that cost Mm -hmm. is? Just so people can get an idea on the great need that that you have.
3: Sure, sure. Well, shipment is on average 8,000 pairs. And because we're shipping to all different places, the average cost is also $8,000. So when I first learned that, I thought, how in the world are we going to do this? But again, I mean, God is making it happen. And But sometimes we go even more remotely. It depends how far we truck those shoes, how far inland we go. And that's where it gets costly because we want to go where the need is. And you would think renting a truck in rural Africa is just cheap, but there's not a lot of them so it's not cheap (laughs) but um so that i always say on average it's about a you know a dollar pair just for the shipping eight thousand pairs about eight thousand dollars so when you say donate a dollar for each pair of shoes that is where you're getting that from that makes total
1: sense what about um socks you know do do i we all know that it's very warm in in africa but it's also dusty and dirty and that might help from uh a health standpoint do you guys accept socks or yeah, just such a great shoes? question
3: one really helpful thing was we've had a podiatrist travel along with us and a doctor early on just to kind of help us understand how we can make these distributions even better and so of course one of our first questions was socks and okay so you have to picture rural Africa I mean dirty soil they don't have a way to really wash those socks he said if you okay. have a dirty sock like that against your foot and you do have any kind of open sore it's actually worse because you're having all those germs against your skin, oh, and so okay. I thought that that was so helpful and insightful. That um, realizing that okay, we're going to focus on shoes. I know often people, especially as Western world, we're like, well, you can't have shoes without socks. But we've learned that it's actually better to not have the sock, and that way too, we can fill our shipments with even more shoes and sure. not have to do half socks, half shoes. So okay. that's the mindset behind okay, that. Now so we no do socks
1: yeah. and lots of shoes. Yes. Lots yeah. and lots of shoes. Exactly.
3: Okay, can you share contact information with us? Your website, telephone yeah. numbers absolutely the website is souls for jesus so it's like a shoe s o l e s f o r jesus.org and the easiest phone number to remember is 800 317 shoe very good well thank you so much for being here and thank you for all that you do for
1: the children and the adults in in africa it's wonderful
3: thank you and i really want to thank you Jill just for the tremendous impact that you are having just empowering so many organizations and just people to be able to get involved in whatever they're passionate about. And I just would encourage anybody listening, if you have a passion for something, um, I just encourage you to take a step. I really believe that God works in the stepping. And so I would just encourage you today just to take a step.
1: Absolutely. Very well said. And you are very welcome. I want to thank my guests today, Julie Pelbicki and Christelle Vermeulen from Revelation Wellness. And Diane Studer from Souls for Jesus, thank you all for sharing your passion for making a difference in the lives of others. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, or if you would like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making our community a wonderful, giving, loving place. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer. You can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app, or you can go to visit our website at EllenBecker.com to listen to any of our previously aired shows since the inception of this show back in 2018. You can also listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. If you're passionate about helping others and you wanna make a difference in the world in some way, think about volunteering or maybe donating to any one of the nonprofit organizations that we've interviewed. They're all great organizations and great people. It's a wonderful way to make an impact and also leave a lasting legacy. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a great day.